And those were the three words that you said that I'll never forget was, I remember you. Hey friends, I'm Cassie, and I'm a married Spoonie who lives the chronic illness life. Here each week, I'll challenge you to live intentionally and authentically, where every spoon you use has a purpose and every step you take matters. Welcome to Chronically Cultivating. Hey everybody, I am so excited to talk with you all today because I have a super special guest with me. And we are just going to share our story with you. So meet my husband, Jared. Hey, everybody. I'm Jared. Also, we do apologize in advance if you hear a little bit of background noise. We are in this beautiful cabin up in Maine, and we cannot seem to turn the heat off. So I do apologize if you hear any little bits of background noise of the furnace and the fire going. I would say that we've had a pretty crazy life. Yeah, we first met as kids and we were friends back then. Um, Neither one of us has a lot of recollection of our friendship back then, but I do remember us spending time together um, and hanging out before Cassie and her family had moved. Yeah, I think we were like seven and eight. Yeah, right around there. Yeah, that was a time that we both don't remember. And then I think it was for the best that we didn't know each other during middle school. Yeah, probably. We were both a little bit. Uh, trying to find our own ways. Yeah, that's definitely a nicer way to put it. We were in the same church together. Mm -hmm. And our dads were working on the side together. Mm -hmm. And then I moved away, which changed everything. We didn't really talk again until November of 2012, when my dad had texted your dad and said, why don't we meet up? And so we had saw each other again for the first time. And I'd completely forgotten who Cassie and her family were until we actually met. And then all of a sudden, I remembered, hey, I I remember these people. So well, and I think the same was kind of for us too. I remember Katie and I talking to one another and being like, is Jared your age or my age? Because Katie and I are four years apart. So we were we were kind of conflicted before you came over. We were very curious about you, I think. Yeah. I think the only thing that I remembered about you at the time was that I had been taller than you for a little bit when we had last seen each other. So I really wasn't expecting you to be so tall when you walked in my front door. I remember you came through and I... I vividly like have this picture in my mind of me tilting my head up because I was not expecting you to be so tall. Just an FYI, I'm only six foot one. I'm not that tall. Yeah, but I'm only five two. And I was expecting you to be short. So it was quite a shocker. I think it's fair to say. How old were we? I'm not even sure I know how old we were at the time. We were, oh God, making me do math. Uh, (laughs) 14 and 15. Okay. Yeah. Somewhere around there. That was a lifetime ago, it feels like. Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) So following us meeting back up, I think you and your dad moved to our church. Well, yeah, started coming to the church every Sunday. And you and I got closer, became like grew our friendship and helped each other through some tough times. Yeah, but it wasn't like a... It wasn't like there was this instant connection, though. Like some people talk about, like, I'm not really sure that I would say that was us. Like we were friends, but we really had to work hard to get to know one another because we really didn't remember each other. Yeah. 
I remember a couple of weeks after us first meeting back up, we had sat together at the youth center that the church ran. Um, and the two of us just sat at a table and shared a pizza and talked for an hour, an hour and a half, maybe two hours and just chatted about life with each other and just opened up to each other. And we like did? Cassie said, regained our friendship. Yeah. that. And FYI, if there are things that I don't remember, that will become very clear as we get into our story. Um, yeah, so basically, we were regaining our friendship. And then within, I think, eight months, you asked me out. Yeah, I mean, you let me know that you were into me. Um, and he turned me down at first. Um, <laughs> but then I kind of realized that you were the person God meant for me to be with. I think that was the only thing that you and I were very, very clear on from the beginning of our relationship. Like we were in it for marriage. We weren't just fooling around. Like we knew we were in it together. That was one of the things that actually after we had first met that night at my house, I remember after Katie asking me, she was just like, you know, he's kind of cute. And I was like, yeah, I think so. But you want to hear something crazy? I think he's going to be my husband. I just feel like God's telling me that he's going to be my husband. And I just thought I was crazy for thinking that. But pretty early on before, I think, what was it, like two months before we started dating, you had said that you felt like God had called you to be my husband? Mm, I don't know if it was. I don't think it was before. I think it was after. But I think my mom kind of said it best when I originally started talking to my mom about dating Cassie. She said, God bless my mom. But she said, um, that she thought that Cassie was marriage material, not girlfriend material. Um, you know, just right off the bat, it showed that she also had the same impression that I had that Cassie was definitely uh, somebody I'd look to marry. And for the record, I was a great girlfriend. Yes, this is true. <laughs> but early on in our relationship, we started um, with touch therapy because Cassie had RSD and she couldn't handle physical contact with other people. Like and just, it was pretty severe. Yeah. It was not like a mild issue. It was something where any physical contact, I would like pass out. cry, pass out. It was bad. Yeah. So we slowly, through touch therapy, we started with my hands just kind of hovering over her body and just seeing that and her nerves just kind of adjusting to somebody's hovering over my body and then you know slowly to her controlling my hand touching her leg or her controlling my hand touching her arm or whatever it was Um, and then it moved to me just touching her slowly you know like I said arm leg whatever Um, And then we moved to me passively moving my hand across her. And it was a long process. It started actually before we started dating. It wasn't much before we started dating, though. We were It was a couple months beforehand. Really? Yeah. We started a couple months before dating, and we didn't finish really with touch therapy until three, four months into our relationship. Um, It was a long process. It wasn't just me helping her. Her dance coach, Karen Brown, was also helping her majorly with this. Um, Karen was actually kind of teaching me how to do it with Cassie. But it was something that took a lot of effort on both of our ends, and we eventually got through it. Yeah, and I think you were my first hug in like two or three years. Yeah. That was huge. Yeah, I got a lot of jealousy from that from like everybody. I know. Everybody wanted to be my first hug, and you were my first hug. Yeah. (laughs) I think that was more important than our first kiss. Like that was such a like monumental deal that that happened. And then 
you know, I think it was December that following year that you gave me a promise ring. Yep. It was actually the day after Christmas. Well, the same year, um, Christmas 2013. But that was my moment when I kind of, that was when I was really going through the Cassie is definitely marriage material. Um, and there's no turning back on this now. She's going to be my wife. And it was way too early for an actual engagement, but it was a promise to make um, something to just prove our love for each other. And that was a really exciting time for us. That was when I started all the trial studies for off-season training for our dance medicine clinic. That was when I started testing out the summer intensive and we were starting that venture together too. That was a pretty like, those first two years we were together were pretty big years. Yeah. And while I wasn't involved in the dancing part of the off-season training, I was helping um, the girls that we were working with, with cross training, with running, we did swimming, we did um, just different forms of exercise. Um, And I kind of led more in that than I did in the dance part because I was no dancer. (laughs) He is not lying about that. And things were going pretty great for us. And then I started college. Yeah. (laughs) And you were a senior in high school. Yeah. So we were both very busy. I remember that we had a lot of um, disagreements, arguments, whatever you want to call them around that time, because, I mean, I think we both were kind of upset that we weren't getting to spend as much time together. Obviously, with Cassie starting college, she was also doing dance classes at her college. She was also in a Christian group um, in college and um, just doing all sorts of different activities. And I was in my senior year in high school. I was trying to make sure I kept up with my classes while I was also wrapping up in the beginning um, my senior year of soccer. And it was um, a struggle for both of us because we were both so busy and didn't really have time to communicate or spend time with each other. Um, And we definitely butt heads a lot because we were also both kind of going off and, you know, exploring the world more at that point in time. And it wasn't that we we didn't enjoy each other's company at all. I think we were just, as you were saying, we were so excited to see what the world had to hold for us. Yeah. We were both really just gaining our independence um, at that point in time because you were starting to gain your independence by starting college and, you know, you had just gotten your license and you were able to do all that. And I had reached a point where I started hanging out with friends outside of school more often and just out and about. I didn't have my license yet, but they did. And they were all coming to pick me up all the time. We were out and about. So we were both kind of gaining independence at that point, trying to figure out what we were going to do with our lives. Well, and then it was like pretty much overnight, our lives completely changed. Yeah. I mean, we went from being super busy all the time to having the world stop turning. I was on a medication to help with the nerve pain that I was experiencing. And I was on an extremely high dose. And once I got to the highest part of the dose that my team wanted me on, I started reacting to it. But I started reacting in small ways that I don't think any of us picked up on until it was too late. And I was over your house um, the night before I went into the hospital. And we had just, I, we, we were watching The Vow and just kind of having a good night. But I definitely, I think at that point, you were the one that had said that I was definitely not myself. I was, I remember just my parents and everybody kind of saying like, it was something that everyone kind of wishes I think that they had caught on to, myself included, because I wasn't really myself. And then I was admitted into the hospital. They decided they needed to pull me off the med cold turkey, even though they knew that was dangerous with this medication. 
but they felt tapering me down and keeping me on the medication was too risky. And then I, within a little over 24 hours of being off the drug completely, I had a near-death incident in the hospital. And that that changed absolutely everything. Yeah. And I didn't really know um, 100% what was going on. Um, Cassie's parents were in charge of her medical decisions at that point. I wasn't really involved in that picture. Um, and also they were trying to give me space to enjoy my senior year. So I hadn't really known what was happening. Um, I knew that she went to the hospital, but I didn't end up finding out how dramatic it was until the months ensuing. I'd learned a little bit more about that night um, as time went on. I remember, you know, when I woke up, I was so angry that I was still alive. I mean, I had made peace that like I was going to die. I told my dad what I wanted him to say to you and to the family because he was the only one there that night. And I I did not want to live in the one of the first things that I wanted to do after was I wanted to take my ring off and give it back to you. I wanted to break up with you. I was totally done with life at that point. And I think, yeah, it was my mom that had kind of said... Enough life-changing things have happened overnight. Do not take off your ring. Like, just wait. Wait to make any more decisions right now. We kind of um, struggled from there because I, I knew that Cassie didn't want to continue living and that she'd made her peace with dying and that she'd written the letter to me um, that she wanted her dad to give to me. Uh, I knew I didn't get it, but I knew of it. Um, and I was just um, struggling to deal with knowing that my girlfriend, future wife, whatever you want to call it, um, was somebody that didn't want to keep living and was ready to just pass away and move on. And that was a struggle for both of us. Um, and, you know, we, we dealt with that for a while. But later on, you ended up having a um, cyst removal in your wrist and you had that surgery done in February. And we had gotten into a bit of a heated discussion because I didn't make it to the... Um, operation. I wasn't there for it. I wasn't there for recovery because I was in my senior year of basketball and we had our game against our rival team that night at their gym. And I remember sitting down and talking to my coach beforehand and saying, look, my girlfriend has this surgery coming up and I want to be there for her, but I also want to be here for the team and I don't know what to do. Um, and that was when my coach had said, look, you're going to actually make a difference being on the basketball court, being there. Yeah, you can support her, but you can't change the outcome. Um, that had kind of just swayed me to um, be there with my team. And it ended up kind of putting a rock in our relationship at the moment that was already kind of rocky at that point. Well, and even before that had happened, a month before the surgery, I was admitted into the ICU and was having different infusions and things were not great. Yeah. You know, my mom had told me later about the conversation you had with her when she had said, you know, you don't have to stay here for this. You don't have to be a part of this. If you want to leave, you are welcome to leave. And, um, you know, you, I mean, you just said, no, I'm in this for the long haul. And I think I kind of held that against you as far as the whole surgery thing, because I think I felt like, well, if you're in it, you should be here. Yeah. I remember you and your family all took that in. Um, and held on to that in it for the long haul. I, I hardly remember saying it. I just remember it being part of our conversation. But And then this is where things get really crazy. 
<laughs> I don't even know how to start. Well, I mean, we saw your health kind of going back down. I mean, for the, a couple months there, it was it was very rocky with your health. We weren't sure what was going on. Um, you were very uphill, downhill all the time um, with just trying to find a balance in your body. Um, you were in and out of hospital trips pretty frequently. And I remembered that your parents had taken you in. It was either a Friday night or a Saturday afternoon. I knew they were taking you in, but I didn't know what it was for, and I didn't know any of the details. I didn't end up finding out details until the following Thursday um, when you had called me and just said, I remember you, and I had no idea what you were talking about. So to let you all in on what we're referring to, so I lost consciousness for a significant amount of time. And was in and out for, I guess, probably a couple hours or so. And when I woke up, I had no idea who I was. I had no idea where I was. I didn't recognize my parents who were with me. That was kind of the start of the amnesia. And it was something that they still can't fully explain. I don't think we've ever gotten a real answer as to exactly why it happened. They just kind of said they think I was overloaded with pain signals and my nerves and just my brain kind of decided to protect itself and to just shut down. And I did tell Jared that I remembered him, but the problem with that was that I remembered you, but I didn't have any recollection. Like, well, did I have a recollection of us dating? I don't um, think I did. I'm did, pretty sure I knew that we were friends. No, you knew we were you knew we were dating, but you didn't know, like, details of our relationship, and you couldn't remember, like, different events that had happened and different things about me. It was like you were, you knew that you were my girlfriend, but you had to start dating me all over again. I remember, though, getting really frustrated with you because you would bring me, like, my favorite foods, or you would start talking about something we used to do together or whatnot, and I would get so frustrated that I could not remember what you were talking about, and... I know from journal entries that I wrote at the time that I was very frustrated that you knew me better than I knew me. I remember that was like a huge like breaking point for us. And I'm pretty sure I gave you back the ring at that point. Yeah, a little after. You'd given me back the promise ring and said, I dated the old Cassie and I needed to regain the trust of the new Cassie um, post-amnesia because she didn't remember anything about me and we kind of need to start over from square one. Yeah, it was, you know, it's kind of funny that the last movie that we watched together before everything as a whole started happening was The Vow because we basically are living it and we have lived it. I'm pretty certain, though, that when I gave you back the ring, I also didn't want to be friends with you anymore. And I'm pretty sure you convinced me to just be friends with you. Yeah. Because I wanted to just sever all ties. That was a constant, though, since the near-death was you kind of wanted to just move on. Um, But I didn't want to give up on what we had, and you were willing to stick out a friendship at least. So we kept pushing that. Eventually, we were able to re-blossom our relationship. Yeah, and by December of that year, so about, what, eight months later, something like that, um, I asked for the ring back. Yeah. And everything's back on. Yeah. Then we started dealing with whole new issues with Cassie's health. Yeah, that was when we started um, dealing with really significant Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, like symptoms, 
and working on getting a diagnosis for that while we were also working on bringing up OST because um, while Cassie had had her near death and the amnesia and all that, OST had just been put on hold, um, but it was still there. She still had the website. Um, we still had, you know, all that. Um, and then after Cassie had kind of started regaining some of memory and just... Um, and I worked like hell to make sure I was back in the dance in field. the dance world. Yeah. So after that, we you know we're working on um, blossoming OST while we were also, like I said, we were also trying to get the diagnosis for EDS and get an understanding and get a team of doctors who knew more about the EDS. So we spent quite a while on that. We had our well. That, the other thing about that too, though, is this was a really interesting time for you because my parents, once I put the ring back on and all of that, my parents really wanted to start preparing you to marry me. And one of the ways that they did that was you started coming to appointments with us and observing, kind of learning the medical world. Yeah. You started really becoming more of a presence in my healthcare. And they really started teaching you how to take care of me and other things like that. So I think it was a very interesting phase for us to be in. And, you know, I think I'm kind of glad that we dealt with the Ehlers-Danlos diagnosis when you were involved in my healthcare because you got to see from start to finish in that sense how we tackle that. But I mean, was it overwhelming for you to like suddenly be thrown into all my health worlds or were you kind of just knew it was coming because of... I knew it was coming and I I think I was ready. I think that I was kind of having a longing while we're learning to deal with the RSD. Like everything that surrounded the near death and all of that, I wanted to know more about your health. I wanted to know more how I could help. And so when I was eventually, you know, coming to appointments and learning more, I had a lot like that longing to know was finally being fulfilled. And I was learning more about your illness. And I was trying to learn with you as to how we could work on fighting off the symptoms and just uh, doing our best to cope with what was happening. Yeah. And then we successfully ran another summer intensive for off-season training. And that was fantastic. In the same summer, we also had signed our papers to officially become a... Oh, the co-owners yeah, the of co-owners off-season, off-season training. training. And you did something a little special, too. Yeah, we kind of uh, decided that as together. Yeah. Um, we decided that if we were going to starting a company together officially, and we were going to be CEO and CFO, um, that we should eventually get married. And because it's such a big stepping stone for us, um, we kind of had made that our unofficial engagement. Well, and the, the big joke was that because it costs so much money to get everything squared away, that that yeah. was our engaged. That was my engagement ring. Was those uh, company papers? Yeah, they were quite expensive. Yeah. And then another year went by and things were going okay. Things weren't great, but we were kind of managing and we ran another year of off-season training. That was fantastic. And then everything kind of came to a screeching halt once my hips started dislocating and that hindered my ability to walk. Yeah. I mean, we started with the hip dysplasia. Um, Then we started learning more about how POTS was affecting your body, dealing with you getting dehydrated when we went to the beach um, for a beach trip. We learned how you would faint if you weren't, um, your body wasn't properly taken care of. Um, So we were learning that and that kind of all brought OST to a screeching halt. Um, And it's kind of been on hold since. We eventually hope to bring it back up, but... Um, This is our full-time job right now. Yeah, taking care of your body has become our full-time job. 
And it was neat. My last night that I actually spent on crutches before my shoulders completely stopped working, you proposed with a ring. Yeah. And that was really exciting. And what's crazy is that four months after almost to the day, two days off of when you proposed, we got married. Yeah. So it's just crazy to kind of look back on that. And I mean, planning the wedding was hard. Yeah. It all came very fast. But we managed to get it done. And I think, you know, we had the full support of my medical teams. They were doing everything possible to get us to that day. And they were the ones that really said, you know, if you're going to get engaged, and you're going to get married, you need to do it soon because we don't know what your health is going to be like. And I think we're really fortunate that we did it when we did, because right after that was when we started going into the hospital every week for infusions, mm. which took its toll. Yeah, for sure. You know, but our wedding was a fantastic day. So we actually, we just had our one year anniversary. Yep. Uh, we got married on April 29th of 2018. And it was such a great day. I don't know about you, but I think my favorite memory from that day was when you turned around and because I, my dad had engineered my brace to help me walk a little bit because that was like my biggest dream was to walk down the aisle. And I did like a quarter of the way down the aisle. So a couple feet and you turned around and you just looked at me and you were just a mess. <laughs> and yeah. that was I by far just my, a little bit, I guess. Yeah. Just a little bit. <laughs> I think my favorite part of that day was um, exactly what my boss's boss had told me. A couple of days leading up to the wedding, I was at work and my boss's boss was in and he had just, he was talking to me. He was, you know, saying about how excited he was for me. And he had just said his favorite part of his wedding was that um, he, when he was up on the altar, he turned around and he just saw all of his family and friends and loved mm. ones sitting there. And I just, you know, it really hit me when I was standing up there. Um, his words, I knew that when he said it, it was definitely going to ring true for me. I've always been, you know, somebody that's very family oriented. But um, when I was just standing up there and looking out at all the family and friends we had out there just supporting us and how much it was touching everybody, um, our story, you know, was just touching all of them. It meant a lot to me. That was my favorite part of the day. Yeah, and I love that our pastor even made sure in the middle, uh, like he just told us both to turn around and just look and take it in. And that was so special. I don't know how either of us could see because we were crying, but we did. Yeah. And here we are now, a year later, a little over a year later, thriving and just kind of doing life. Yeah. And we've finally gotten a hold of the pot symptoms for the most part. Yes. Um, we had a huge answer to prayer. Yeah. Um, Cassie was able to get port surgery done so that we could do fluids from home rather than having to go into the emergency room every week. And I have learned to access her port. And I am doing that full time by myself every week, managing that. And that has been a huge answer to prayer that we are able to I mean, the POTS is still there. It's not like we have made all the symptoms go away, but it's definitely helped put them at bay to be able for me to access her every week and just run fluids from home. Well, and we can also do IV medications, which is nice. We can drop blood. I mean, we just were having the worst time beforehand. And I think, I don't think like for all of you listening, I don't even think I can explain all the things that Jared has had to learn since we started this whole journey. I mean, you know how to put all my joints back in place when they dislocate. You've learned all the joint corrections from the EDS clinic to try to keep my joints from dislocating. 
learned how to access your port. Yep, you've learned how to access my port, which, guys, those sterile gloves are no joke. I've learned how to put in a constant glucose monitor. Yep. Um, I have learned to tape, KT tape and um, Luco tape. And I've learned a lot of massage kind of tricks over the process of Cassie having different work done and me trying to replicate it. She's helped me with learning how to do that. So. Well, and you know all of... Background training at this point. Yeah. And I mean, you know how to deal with all the fainting. Yeah. And all the emergency meds that have crazy long names and we know them by heart and we don't even take a second guess anymore. We just know what every single one of them does. Yep. Thanks everybody for just hearing a bit about our story and where we are. And we can't wait to share more of our life with you as we continue to live out the vow of our marriage and just learn to love each other well no matter the circumstances.